0: Hello, thanks again for tuning in to the Saturday Night Supper Club podcast. Throughout January, we had a sermon series called This Is Us, talking about the culture and the DNA of Supper Club, what we're all about, what we believe, and who we want to be as people who interact and love each other well. Bob Holloway is sharing this week in a message called No Regrets.
1: with you I have a uh, message tonight on the, I've been working on for about a month and it's interspersed with so a lot of travel and different things and it got kind of jumbled around a little bit but I want to put it together and see if I can segment it for you a little bit I've um, it was a personal message to me between me and God and I'm just going to share with you my journey how's that is that okay yeah. so it may or may not pertain to you but at least you get to hear some of my my journey with God and uh, some of the things that were put together over a period of time. First of all, have you guys ever wished that maybe God would just show up and talk to you just plain, understandably right to your face so you really got the message and you didn't have to work through vague things and just try to figure things out that were God stuff? Or is it just me? (laughs) Or maybe you just look up and see some God, God writing in the sky or something. Or maybe you just... Maybe you wish that somebody kind of prophetic would come to you and say, you know, God, thus saith the Lord, and just deliver a message to you, and it was plain and understandable. Well, God does that sometimes. Have you ever prayed that he would maybe, you were just desperate for God and so obvious that you, something would happen that, that you just couldn't miss it. It would be so plain that you just knew that it was God and you would just follow him. And you would just, just, it was just obvious and you would just walk it out. God does that sometimes, you know, and sometimes he doesn't, have you noticed? Sometimes it's like what Solomon said in Proverbs 25 too, And this is a, a message that more often than not, this is the way it goes in real life. This is our reality show. This is what it says, it's God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. And what that means to us common folks is that sometimes hungry people have to go find things. And it's God's privilege to hide them, to conceal them so that the hungry people go find them. And it pleases him that we'll go look for them. And he meets us there in those places where he hid them. And the people who aren't hungry never meet him there. Mark 4.12 talks about a time when Jesus was speaking in parables, and it really messed with his disciples. He said, why do you tell these stories in parables when you could just be speaking plain language we would understand? Why do we have to come to you and say, what was that about? What did that mean? In other words, Jesus said, explained that it was so that those who didn't understand would not understand let me say it a different way. To those who were uninterested or casual or apathetic, his words had little meaning, and it wasn't meant for them. It was meant for those who were hungry that would pay attention and reach out and ask him, what was that about? I need to know. I've got to get a hold of this, and you've got to explain it to me, and I'm going to stay here until you tell me. Are you getting this? For those who hungered for more, the Lord had delighted to hide his treasure. And it would be our great adventure to find it. It's not a game he plays because he intends to meet us there and find out who we are. You see, more often than not, we find ourselves moving through life in something we call the process of God. And by process, I mean the day-to-day, walking it out with God, watching it unfold in the moment, revealed to me as I go, life. Am I making sense? I believe with all my heart, and in this day-to-day process, God is speaking all the time. And many times I'm missing it, now, maybe not you, but I do, because I'm looking at the wrong things or not paying attention. Am I speaking to other folks? We're all human beings, and we get busy or distracted or we look at things and we don't see the obvious. Let me give you an example. But let me just say, first of all, because he's good and he is good, let me just say that. I believe that with all my heart, he is good. And he gives us lots of opportunities to see things that we miss multiple times. Throughout this process, God's creating a hunger in me that keeps driving me ahead. For some months I've been traveling down this road called life and occasionally I would glance at these road signs and notice that some of them were beginning to look familiar. I can drive down the same road and there will be these things along the road and I will miss them and never see them. Have you noticed those things are so familiar that you never notice them? Well, I've seen some of these road signs of life and uh, there was a theme that was becoming familiar. And I was becoming aware that there was some, a familiar theme beginning to come to me. And I'm going to call it God activity. There was God signs happening around me, and they were beginning to become illuminated. He was beginning to show me stuff that he was wanting me to notice. And uh, what I mean with that, I was starting to pick up on something. It was recurring often enough that it occurred to me that it might be a God thing, and he might be trying to get my attention. Over here, Bob. See this for the umpteenth time. I'm showing you something I want you to see. And he wasn't impatient with me, it was one of those mysteries. He was guiding me to something, it was an adventure, and he wanted me to come along. And the first thing that went off in my head was a one liner I saw, and I'm gonna read this to you. And then he began to show me some road signs, and I started picking up on a theme. And I'm going to read these to you, and there's a several, so just bear with me and see if you don't pick up on this with me, okay? The first one was this. A year from now, you will wish you had started today. A year from now, you'll wish you had started today. Hmm, that's interesting. What, why did that get my attention, and what was that all about? And lo and behold, I continued down that same road, and here was another. Get your attention sign that I was suddenly aware of. And it said, ask yourself if what you're doing today is getting you closer to where you wanna be tomorrow. Same kind of message. And boom, right on the heels of that sign, there was another one. And these things are coming with some regularity now. And I'm starting to think, and my head's starting to light up with this message. And it says, look closely at the present you're constructing. And it should look like the future you are dreaming. I said, something's going on here. Even I'm not that dumb. You know, I can, I'm starting to see God's stuff going on here, and he is making me aware of some place that he wants to take me. And so it began. I said, what if these messages were from God, and what if he was, I was supposed to do something with them? It wasn't just information. What if I was supposed to somehow engage this information and do something with it? What if? And so I began the process of trying to think it through. What should I do next? This could be God, and he could be wooing me, calling to me, drawing me in into an encounter, and I certainly didn't want to miss this opportunity to engage him, would you? I mean, if it's a God thing, and he's calling me and wooing me into this, you'd certainly want to somehow say, I'm in. What do I do next? And wouldn't you know it, soon, right after this, there was another thing. This is getting exciting. And it was this, this prophetic message I saw, and it was this, and it said this, awareness is the first step to accessing more. Amen. Isn't that good? And see, I was already aware. And here comes this message, if you want more, all you have to do is be aware. And I was, and I thought something's coming. The new clue, so awareness was burning a hole in my brain. <laughs> And so I'm alert, and I am more alert than I had been before. And suddenly, I'm really, every day I'm waking up, and I'm having dreams. I'm having dialogue in the middle of the night, waking up saying, God, do you want to say anything to me? And I'm waking up in the morning saying, what's happening today? Do you have something for me? And it's like an adventure. And I'm waiting for God to give me something fresh. Isn't that great? And this is who God is. He's good. He's exciting. He's an adventure. And this is, I'm not somebody special. This is just for people who God wants to create a hunger in them. And he does this by wooing us. And it starts with creating an awareness. You with me? Okay. So I'd taken the bait, and he was reeling me in. (laughs) These were like breadcrumbs, and then I got another one. And it says this. This is the same day I got the awareness message. And here comes this thing. This hope of heaven keeps you spiritually alive during dark times of adversity. It brightens your path and heightens your awareness. I thought that's interesting. Here's this awareness message again. So God was trying to make me aware. And I'm getting this same repeating message. Then in my head I can hear this voice saying, stay alert, Bob. Pay attention. And I was. And when you know it, that's when I just happened, coincidentally, to be reading through my journals. And this thing pops up from March of 2014. And I don't just go back through my journals. I just happened to be going down through my computer one day, and I noticed a, a journal entry, and there, it intrigued me by the name of the, the, the title on this particular entry said, No More Regrets. I thought, I wondered what that was about. March of 2014 and my awareness button went off pay attention bingo and I saw this and I said that's interesting what a coincidence and it was actually an old exercise I had done there was a Q&A that you do and it says you can just go down through there and it's kind of something somebody had written and it said this in my thoughts one morning I saw myself standing there on the last day of my life looking back and saying God how I wish I had and it was blank. And you fill in the blank. On the last day of my life, I wish I had. And then it said, as a way of explaining how to fill this thing out, it says, now this, in- this exercise is not about grieving and feeling awful over what you've done that was wrong. So forget that. It's not about regretting and remorse over the past. It's looking forward about what you can do in your remaining years that would be right. What can you do today about tomorrow? And it's the same message I've been getting on all these signs. Isn't that a coincidence? I asked this, it asks the same kind of question God had been plying me with in these other road signs. It, says, it said this, it said, what things are in your power right now that if you changed what you're doing, you could remedy as regrets someday? What can you do right now that you won't regret this time next year? Isn't that interesting? And it was, in other words, it was that same message. Ask yourself if what you're doing today is getting you closer to where you want to be tomorrow. And so on my list were six things I had written in 2013. And this was my evaluation from the previous year. And there were six points I had made. I'd written down that I wanted to work on that I didn't want to regret the next year. And five of them I'd done pretty well at. What followed the list were my notes from March 10th and the follow-up, how was I doing? I'm doing really well in most categories, but I'd fallen short in the most important area of my life, which was number one on my list. The most important thing on my list I had not done well with. I had regretted not doing well with. The most important thing. And this is what it said, not abiding or learning how to be with God and be still. And when I stand before him on that day, not having to say, I'm sorry, I didn't have more time with you. So, and I wrote on, at times I find myself pressing in really well and the result is incredibly rich, but there's, this t- continues to be a major weakness in the area of omission. I absolutely must begin to calendar it and discipline myself and until my heart grows into this in some way. So I was regretting that at the ye- previous year I had said this was a priority, and I was going to do better at it, and this is the things I was going to do, and I had not done that. So make a note of that in your mind here. It's, so flash forward to December of 2016. I'm looking back on these notes and I'm sitting there looking at this. And I'm saying, oh, wow. Why God brought me through this, all the way through this litany and all this particular road signs and looking at this, this note and now in December 2016 and here I'm sitting on my computer. I'm reading the definition of regret. And you know what it says? To feel sad or disappointed over something that has happened or been done, especially a loss or a missed opportunity. And the synonyms for regret are remorse, grief, and repentant. Now, repentance is different than remorse or regret because you can feel regret and remorse, but that you don't do anything, have to do anything about them. You can just feel them, but repentance, It's something you have to move on. You have to act on that. And so I thought in my mind, I need to do something about this. I need to move forward. I remember a quote that said, a fire is either consuming something or it's going out. And after reading my journal and seeing this lack of growth, it made me feel like my fire was going out. I felt sad. I felt like my fire was diminishing. I felt like my time with God in my relationship with him was diminishing, and I felt bad. I felt remorse and regret. You with me? I wasn't growing in the first thing on my list and and I was feeling regret. So what was God saying in this? Was he coming to discipline me? Was he chastising me? Is he correcting me? Or was he pointing something out that he wanted to talk to me about? I chose to believe that he was pointing something out that he wanted to have a discussion about. I knew I was on to something. God was leading me somewhere new because I was aware and I had tried really hard to do something and failed and he wanted to talk to me about that failure. The good news is God didn't leave me there and he doesn't leave his people in a place of despair. Remember, it's a hungry man's joy to discover the things that are hidden by God. And God had showed me a place where I had failed and he wanted to take me to that place and show me a way out. And using my usual style, I pressed forward and I found something that I want to share with you tonight that I think is an answer. The hidden thing that he wanted to show me. There's an answer here. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13 in, in the Passion Bible, It was as if the lights had come on and it was so simple. I was, I was nearly embarrassed because I've taught in this chapter in this verse before. But Paul writes this, he's continue to allow your new life to manifest through you as you live in holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. In other words, continue to walk out your salvation life with the Lord day by day and let it keep you in complete awe of his goodness. What happens is we come humbly into his presence and holy awe. What that means is go ahead and walk out your life, doing the best you can, keep your eye on God, and let that relationship bring you into a place of respect and honor for him. Do the best you can, but keep your eye on God and let that relationship change you and transform you. Not your diligence and hard work and striving and all the negativity that comes with trying to be a better person and and self-correction and all this performance stuff. Let God's love in that relationship change you. Here's what it says. Verse 13 says, God will continually revitalize you implanting within you the passion to accomplish the good things you desire to do. And there it was, the hidden thing was revealed. I looked at the six items on my no regret list and I realized that, like so many times before, I had tried to do everything that I wanted to do on the good things list and press on to become diligent, and I've worked hard at trying to do the right things. And I had for a time. How many of you have made New Year's resolutions and failed? I was I was at the, the gym the other day, and I, I, I go through the year. I, couple of times or three times a week. And in January, I could not find a parking place. And I want you to know by March, it won't be a problem. It'll be an empty place again. And it's the same thing with my no regrets list. I start off really diligent, and I'm going to do, I've got it on my calendar to do these things. I'm going to be a better Christian. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to do all the things Just like those people do going to the gym. They're going to work out and lose weight. They're going to eat better and all the things. I'm the same way in my Christian life. What keeps me from accomplishing these things on my list? It's the same thing that keeps people from going to the gym and losing weight. And what is that? It's the same thing. Let me read to you. It's right here in the Bible. God will revitalize you and planting within you the passion to accomplish the good things you desire to do. What we lack, folks, is not the dis- discipline. What we lack is the passion. We lack the motivation to continue on to out of our hearts to generate the passion and motivation to continue to do the good things. We know the good things to do, don't we? Of course we do. What we lack is the drive, the motivation, the passion to continue and to finish well. The people who do not finish well are the people who lack the fire. Am I right or am I right? Okay. And I'm just like you. How do I get the fire and the passion to finish well? It says right here, God will revitalize me, implanting with me the passion to accomplish everything I want to do. But first, it says that I have to do the first thing first. Allow this new life to manifest through me as I live in his presence. I come to him, I present myself to him, and I said, Lord, I can never do the things that you've called me to do. You must do them in me as I live in reverence with you. I'll live out my life as best I know how with you as my partner. And you must revitalize my life and fill me with passion. Because without passion, I can't do the good things you've called me to do. I must live in dependence on you. And I can't get too far from you or I don't have the fire to finish well. You with me? I once heard a famous minister say that if Pentecostals and charismatics were indeed spirit-filled people, we must have somehow sprung a leak. (laughs) And why is that? Because we start well, but we don't finish well because we've sprung a leak. The leak must have sprung us in us trying to do life without passion is the problem. Passion is something that comes from having been with him and nowhere else. God will continually revitalize us, implanting within us the passion to accomplish good things we desire to do. We cannot do the things he's called us to do without the passion. The passion comes from proximity, from being close to God. They remember that people looked at the disciples and said, these were common fishermen. And, we, and yet they're doing incredible things because they had been with Jesus. And that's the same thing they would say of us because we'd been with him. If we're going to be a people who walk into the new year with, without any thought of regret in the coming year, we must become aware of God's revelation for tomorrow. What God has been leading me into is to come to him and let him develop passion in me. And from that, he will lead me into doing good things. If I go to do good things without passion, I won't last until March, okay? Here we go. Become aware of God's invitation to come close. So you may become passionate and let passion accomplish good things you desire to do. Does that make sense? Okay. I think it'd only be right if we close in prayer asking God to give us passion for this next year. Does that make sense to you? Because you can't do the things you want to do. You're good people, and you desire to do good things, but you can't do those things without God's passion. He is calling you in this mystery to join him in the things he has hidden, and he wants to meet you at that place, You're hungry people, and he wants to feed you passion. Okay? He's called you to be obedient, and you want to be, and you try to be, but you can't run the car without gas. You get it? Amen. Okay, let me pray for you. This is a simple message. It's just to come to the Father. Stand closer to the fire. So, Father, we just give ourselves to you. You're a loving, good God. And tonight, you want to fill us with your passion. It comes. From your love, from your approval, from your warmth and your embrace. And we open our hearts now, and that's an act of our will. We open our hearts to you as an act of our will to receive your love and passion. As we stand close to the fire, we feel the warmth. And from that place, we will go do good things. All our heart's desires will be accomplished in your passion. I enfold us as we embrace you. In Jesus' name. Amen? Okay, thank you for listening.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to Pastor Bob's message as much as I did. He always shares with such relatability and realness, and his message was so on point for what we're about here at Supper Club, living in love and freedom with one another. Tune in again as we continue our series in the next podcast, and make sure that you subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes. If you need more information about Supper Club, you want to come check us out if you're in the Castle Rock area, go to SaturdayNightSupperClub.org. Have a great week.